God. Amen. Amen and amen again. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We will find mercy. We will find grace. We will find help (laughs) because we always need you, Lord. Whether we realize it or not, Father, you are the invisible hand that holds us up. You're the invisible strength that gets us up. You're the invisible life force that causes us to wake up every day and to have the strength to keep going. So you're everything to us, Lord. And we thank you for that. We bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So we're going to continue our teaching on the corresponding action to your faith. Faith must have action. And faith, in fact, faith is action. Uh, James says faith without works is dead because it's alone. Amen. I guess anything that's alone is dead pretty much that's why god promised not to leave us or forsake us amen so we always have a life force uh working with us through all things and that's the spirit of the living god and so god wants us to always uh, be mindful of that but we also have to be mindful that there are some things that we will have to do to uh, an action to correspond to our faith to give it life and to keep it alive. And I think that's one of the things that uh, people don't realize. You know, I'm, I, I was thinking about this the other day and I was saying, you know, God, there's always times while we're believing you and standing and waiting and whatever you want to call that period of time before the prayer and the manifestation, there are always times where we feel like we're, we're not doing the right thing. We feel like uh, you know, we get doubt. I guess you could say it that way. Doubt will creep in because of lack of activity. You know, we don't see it yet. We don't feel it yet. We kind of lose heart. We think it's not coming. I don't know about you, but I have times like that. And I don't think it's, I mean, you're not a bad person because thoughts creep into your mind. You can't keep some thoughts from creeping in there. But you can govern what you do in response to those thoughts. And the, the Lord was showing me, he said, that's because you've, you, your faith is weak without some action and you've allowed it to go weak on you. So it seems like it's really not there, you know, uh, because it's not as strong as it is when you see the anointing brings everything to life. When you pray under the anointing, there's life on your words. And he says, the only thing you need to do at a time like that is to reinforce the life in that. You know, so the first life that's ever on your prayer is when you speak because you confess and you say, God, um, you know, I want to ask you if, if, you know, this is a need that I have, uh, you know, I need this, give it to me, yada, yada. I believe I receive it right now. Because I have petitioned you for it and you've given it to me when I asked for it and I have it. And so there's a, a sense when you say now on the inside of you or verbally that puts a life on that promise and we feel like we have it now. We have no doubt whatsoever that we have what we're believing for right now. So what's different between that time when you prayed 
three weeks down the road and you feel like, well, where is it? When's it coming? You know, you understand what I'm saying? What's happened is that you've removed the life force from it. See? Because if you gave it life with your confession, you can bring life back to it with your confession the same way. And so this is why we confess the word. You're not confessing the word to get checked off for the day from, from God. You know, like you, you, God has this big blackboard in heaven and he's roll calling all of his children to see if you're, you're, oh, I believe I receive it. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you check me off. It's not about that. It's about keeping yourself encouraged for it so you don't lose heart. See, down on the earth end of your promise, there's all kinds of ways to step away, to lose faith, to lose confidence, to feel like it's not coming or it's never going to come. And, you know, what happened and when's it going to get here and yada, 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 yada. And so we have to. And God expects us to do this because every day that you wake up, there's a place where you can bring life to all everything you're believing God for. And stay in total confidence of everything you're believing him for. And in, but there are times when you, you don't feel as confident, but don't let doubt begin to start to bear fruit in there and let doubt creep in and you put more focus on the doubt than you do. You know, if doubt starts to creep in, you say, Oh, I see what's wrong now. I just need to continue to thank you for it, God. So I won't entertain thoughts of doubt. And think that it's not going to happen or it's never going to happen or, you know, put a, 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 a termination on it. Because there's no uh, ex- expiration date on your prayers. Because they started out in eternal life and they still have eternal life in them. So our job, our the, the, the fight of faith is between us. And the forces of darkness that are trying to keep us from receiving in the natural realm what God has. The reason the enemy fights you with doubt is because he's out in the realm of the spirit. He can pretty much see what's coming. Do you understand? He has a little bit of a vantage point on us. And also he can tell by your confession of faith what you're believing God for. And so when that when that force of faith starts getting in the atmosphere, he sends opposing forces to push it back and keep it back away from us. And that's why it's so good to to have a routine of constantly thanking God and blessing God and praising God and keeping yourself full of his joy. Keep yourself full of the fruit of the spirit. And that repels doubt like nothing else does. It will keep doubt at a, a distance, at a far distance. Amen. Sometimes we we may think we're in faith, but we're really not. It's kind of like a dormant thing. So that's why Paul admonished Timothy to stir up, keep himself stirred up, stir up the gift. We need to stay stirred. You know, people in the world call it motivation. But really, we're we're stirring up the the divine energy of God, the power of God within us to keep us energized and ready. And, and when the enemy sees that force field of faith around you, the Bible calls it a shield. Amen. And favor is a shield. And these things, and put yourself in remembrance, God, I thank you that I have favor as a shield against doubt. I have faith as a shield against doubt. 
Why do we have shields? We need protection. Amen. You always need protection. You need protection against the, the trials of the enemy, the, the, the slander of the enemy where he, when he, when he tells you, when he starts to, to tell you, uh, God doesn't have that for you because you ain't this and you, that's a slander against you. Amen. So your mind needs to be slander proof. We need to, to, uh, damage proof our souls. And keep our souls intact in, in healthy ways. Your soul needs to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit at all times. Let that minister to you. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why is my, my thoughts disquieted? Why are you ruminating in your mind negative things? Hope thou in God I will yet, what? Praise Him. When you lift up a praise, that puts you into the realm of the Spirit where the fruit of the Spirit feed your soul. They keep your soul from getting downcast. They keep your soul from, from, uh, uh, injury, from bad thoughts and, and damaging your soul and making your soul, uh, feel like it's all bruised and beaten up and there's no hope, et cetera, et cetera. When you hope thou in God, it's because it's you yet praise him. Amen. When you put your hope in God, there's always something to praise him about you know don't praise him for stuff he's done praise him because he's god he's worthy of praise the bible says that so so that is a must do for us to stay in the realm of encouragement to stay in the realm of hope to stay in the realm of of having the the presence and the the energy to do the court carry out the corresponding action to our faith to supercharge our faith and to make it very much alive. Amen. We want our faith to be alive at all times. Amen. We really, really do. And we need that. We need to, to have an active faith because faith really is the key that unlocks the door to, to the kingdom and whatever else the king is. Kingdom is not just your personal little kingdom. The kingdom is whatever is needed down here on earth. The Bible says, let it be here on earth, not in my life only, but on earth as it is in heaven. So when you pull heaven down here to earth, that's a pretty big pull, folks. You know, there's a lot of stuff that will happen out of that, getting heaven down here. There's overflow for people and who are not just in your life or your neighborhood but people that are are having troubles down here and God knows how to put a burden on the heart of one of his children to get him active down here again to help other people you never know who your prayers are going to help and so when you start pulling heaven down here on earth and that's why the enemy likes to keep us discouraged he likes to see if he can put a a delay on our blessing amen now, there is a due season, and that's God's in charge of that. But see, when the enemy wants to put a delay on there, he wants you to to get fatigued before your harvest season comes in. How many of you know there's more work to do in harvesting there is to do in planting and tending? Amen? The Bible says you plant a seed, and you go to sleep, and it grows, and you don't even know how. So, <laughs> But when harvest times comes... Amen. It's all hands on deck. 
So you need to be very alert for when the, the seed is ripened and the harvest is ready and stand there with your empty baskets and your sickle and you're ready to go out and your hired help if you need it. Amen. You're ready to go out and grab some things. And so, and then there's overflow. Amen. For people that you're interceding for that you don't even know who they are. Amen. It's a wonderful thing that God does for us in the realm of prayer. So, so yes, so faith without works is dead because it's alone. There has to be corresponding action to our faith. I think praise and our confession is always a corresponding action because it reignites our hope for what we're, we're praying for and what we're standing for, what we're believing for. So you want your hope reignited all the time. Amen. Cause you have to live with your mind. You got to live with you. You can't do a whole lot if you're discouraged and you think it's never going to happen. You know, somehow waiting has caused us to get fatigued and waiting is not really active. When you think about it, how you get tired waiting? Because you're not doing anything. Amen. So <laughs> your mind is troubled. You know, like Jesus told Martha, he said, lady, you got a lot of problems. He said, you bothered about you. He said, you ain't only bothered about this food. You brought about something else. You know, usually people are when they start complaining and whining. There's a lot of stuff. You know, you got to get to a certain full limit in your brain before that overflow of murmuring and complaining comes out. See, that be that the murmur is the fruit of a troubled mind. Murmuring is the fruit of worry. Murmuring is the fruit of of meditating on negative things. Amen. That that's the overflow. That's the fruit of it. And complaining, of course, murmur and complain because your mind is so full of nonsense that it's overflowing and that's the fruit of it. And so when we start expressing that, you know, you need to call a halt to yourself and say, no, wait a minute, Lord, I, I know better than this. We didn't cross this bridge so many times. I'm shocked I'm over on this side again. How'd I get back over here? Amen. So you want to cross that bridge of confidence and faith and in activity and how do you do that you do it by praise you do it by by calling on the lord and bringing him on the scene amen causing him to rule and reign in your life amen he he hears our prayers but he reigns in our praise amen you want him to rule you don't want him to just hear and not be able to do much but when you start to praise him and start to thank him and he stays on the scene He gets a chance to finish what he started. Amen. So that's always a good thing. Always a good thing. I was so blessed. I heard this. I think I mentioned it. Uh, uh, Bishop Oyedepo was talking to someone. This person said in the short time they'd been together, he said, I've heard you either say praise the Lord or or praise God or or, uh, thank you, Jesus, 72 times since we've been together, you know, and he he. Bishop said it's a, it's an addiction. He said it's an addiction. Amen. You have to be addicted to praising God. If you're going to stay sane in this world, you can't be a wallflower. Amen. I always say praise is, is you're asking God to dance with you. Amen. You can't be a wallflower at the dance. Now you gotta, you gotta, you gotta ask the boy to dance this time. Amen. And for some of you women, that ain't a far-fetch. You're too aggressive anyway. Most women are. Amen. 
<laughs> ask him to dance, drag him out on the floor, and then step on his feet too. So, amen. All of it's your way. And so we, we do. We have to invite God in. And it's good to keep in mind you need him close to you all the time. Keep inviting him in. It'll keep you out of doubt. Keep you inviting him. It'll keep you out of fear. It'll keep you out of murmuring. It'll keep you out of worry. It'll keep you out of so many things to keep the presence of God near. That's that's the kingdom coming to bear on your life is when you keep his presence near and you understand how to do that. So it's, it's got to be an addiction for you, uh, you know, to to be a praiser, somebody who's going to see your your promises come to pass in order without delay, without trouble all the time. Uh, this has got to be a must-do for you. Amen? And it's not hard to do. If you can complain, you can praise. If you can can worry, you can, uh, you know, meditate on the Word. You can edify yourself. So keep your faith engaged. Keep it strong. Keep it supported and encouraged by the fruit of the Spirit and, and your soul coming in line with the Word of God. So we talked about uh, some examples of, of corresponding action. The first one we did was a woman with the issue of blood. Amen. And, uh, uh, we, we thank God for the fact that we see right here in plain language how it happened. And we talked about there being a number of steps, very short, very few steps. This isn't a long list of steps that she followed that seemed to form a pattern for her that got her the results she desired. First of all, she heard. Secondly, she said. Third, she did. You've got to hear first. You can't just say you're going to do something and did it and think God's with you in it. The Bible says she heard what she heard about Jesus. She must have heard he would heal her. Amen. Because she said that. She said exactly what she heard. Now, this is what we got to be careful about. You have to say exactly what you hear. What did you read, God? What did you read in the Bible? What did God say to you in the prophecy that he gave you? Amen. You've got to hear God's word, a promise to you first. You got to hear that. You got to hear it by reading it. You got to hear it by meditating on it. You got to hear it by saying it within yourself. Whatever you need to do, you've got to hear God's word. And see, a lot of times people go off grabbing promises. They haven't read the Bible. God didn't speak it to them personally. He wants you to come visit him in that familiar 66 books. Amen. So that we can have it inside of us what God is going to do. He has to plant that word inside of you before you can really hear it. Amen. Now, there are some places where everybody don't have Bibles and you just kind of have to commit. But boy, oh boy, I've seen situations where, say, like the Bible Society will smuggle Bibles in to a, a underground church house meeting. And you should see those people pulling over those Bibles. Even though they hear the word, they've got a Bible somebody reads to them. They're hungry to have God personally with them all the time. They would, they would just dump the Bibles out on the floor and you see all these hands grabbing at them. Hungry for the word. Amen. When you can get it personally between you and God and see when they have their own Bibles, 
the sky's the limit as to how far they can go in knowledge, in the knowledge of God. This is what they're longing for, to know their father and to know what he can do. And see, we have access to so much, you know, in this country. I mean, if you've got a phone, you've got a Bible, you've got a bunch of Bibles and you've got teachings, you've got everything. And many times we're too lazy to pick it up and verify what it is we may be hearing through somebody's preaching. And so this lady had heard of Jesus. He wasn't in the Bible yet. So she was hearing of him as she went. But the people that heard and kept what they heard, that's the other thing. you got to keep what you hear. You can't let it just fly out of your head. Amen. You've got to, to hear it, hold on to it, believe it, receive it on the inside of you. It can't just be something that, that you hear somebody say all the time. You don't want to go around quoting people. you got to quote God. Amen. You know, anybody can say, well, Pastor Barb said, no, don't quote me. You quote the Bible. Because if I'm telling you other than the word of God, shame on me. You know, and God will deal with me about it. But but we stay with the word of God as much here as we can. We stay with the word of God. I try to research so that I get uh, I'm led by the spirit of God to how to verify information that I get. If I get testimonies or I read other people's accounts of things or I listen to other people's teachings, et cetera, et cetera. It's always with the, the validation of the Holy Spirit. You know, the same thing you've got to do. Amen. And so there are many times God will lead me to get information that, that is, is, will supplement what we are getting, you know, and supplement what we're understanding and increase my understanding of it in the mouth of two or three witnesses is every word established. Amen. And so you need to get validation, verification. You need to get confirmation. So that things get established in you and you're not constantly trying to hold on to something you want to see happen and it's slipping away from you. You understand what I'm saying? You you have to get that word established as God's truth inside of your heart before he will honor it. And so that's what this lady did. She heard and what she heard, I believe, got reinforced got confirmed, got strengthened. She didn't just hear this one time. She heard it over and over and over again because that's how people, see the culture that she was in, it was an oral culture. It was verbal. There was a lot that was said that you couldn't read. And so people had to rely on hearing it more than one time before God would honor it. And so God saw to it that she got in places where she heard the same thing about Jesus over and over. She heard the same thing about him. She had, that's, that's what, when we meditate on the word, it's the same thing she's doing here. So don't think she heard it one time and ran off and, and grabbed his clothes. Come on now. She heard it enough that she started repeating it within herself. How many things do we hear every day that we don't repeat to ourselves? We just, they just go in one ear and out the other. It's just not even worth thinking about more than once. Amen. And so if it's worth holding on to and worth meditating on, it must have a place of deposit on the inside of her. See, God never gives you words that you can't use. 
God touches your need before he touches anything else. He's not giving us uh, uh, trivia information just so we can, you know, go and impress people with how much scripture we know or any of that kind of stuff. He's touching needs when he speaks to us. Amen. Just like parents, when you take time to speak to your children, it's got to be important because, you know, most of them, even when they're little, their attention span is like that. So you got to make the most of this time that you have with them and give them the meat and not the fluff. Amen. And so so anytime we have a conversation with anybody, you have to respect the person that's receiving it, that you want to give them information that is is beneficial to them. Amen. Hopefully we're being led by God. If you belong to God, you're being led by God in your conversations with people and you're helping them to understand things. You know, you're helping them to know uh, what it is that, that needs to be discussed, what needs to be said. And that's the way God does with us. He won't waste our time. He won't waste our energy. He won't waste anything. All of his words to us are very, very purposeful. So God knew that this woman needed healing and he saw to it that she heard and heard and heard and heard and heard until her faith got to what we call fever pitch. You know, she's ready to launch now. She's ready to step out. She's ready to pull the trigger. And so you don't pull the trigger often on a one-time encounter. You have to study and meditate. Your, your, your mind is constructed that it wants as much information about something as it can get. She had gone to so many doctors. She had, think of the, the washing of the water of the word that had to be done in her soul to get her to trust God. To get her to trust one more time. Somebody else. Oh boy, another doctor. I don't need another doctor. You know, think about all the work that had to be done in her head just to get her to trust that this was the one doctor who was going to do it for her and end all this doctor business in her life. Amen? And so don't ever take it for granted that, you know, when we see things in the Bible, they're in concise fashion because God doesn't want to bore us to death. He gets the meat of the conversation for us. And so it says that, though, when Jesus exposed her, She told him all the truth and what the writers of the gospel did. They condensed what she said down into the necessary by the Holy Ghost. They condensed what she said into its necessary components. And what are the necessary components for us? Number one, she heard about Jesus. Amen. She came in the press behind. It looks like it all happened at one time, but it didn't. There's an interval here. It says, why did she come in the press? Because she said something inside of herself. You don't know how many times she had to say it. You don't know how many times she maybe thought she could start out and get her healing another way and went back home again. We have no idea. But we know that when she got decided on, when she was fully persuaded that what she heard was going to happen for her, she stepped out with a corresponding action and it happened for her. And so this is the way it happens for all of us. We have to hear and hear and hear and hear and hear. Hear what? The word. Hear the promise. You don't need to hear about somebody who tried it and it didn't work for them. 
Amen. And see, people get very, very curious. What happens when people get curious to have their answer quickly? We go searching. Our ears start to itch for something that sounds good to us. Sounds like we can get it faster than what God's, than the, the, the course God has us on. Amen. Because, and then you start seeking for information to validate what you want because you're sensing lack because you stepped away from, I have it already. Let's say it again. We've stepped away from, I believe I received it. See, that's your key. That's going to be your saving phrase. No, devil, you can't tell me I'm not getting it because I have it already. I beat you to it. I got it. It's in me already. I have it already. Well, how come it didn't show up there? You must be doing something. No, I'm doing everything right. Because first of all, I'm going to stop listening to you, you nincom poop. Anybody got thrown out of heaven, a perfect place, you ain't got nothing you can offer me. I'm trying to get there. Amen. So, so this is why you shut down all negative, everything you're curious to know about. Stop being so curious. All you need to know is you received it when you prayed and you have it and quit trying to let go of it. Amen. A lot of people think, well, I've, I shouldn't have done this. You know, it's taken too long. What would you be doing otherwise? You're still here. You're still on earth. As long as you're alive, you can be waiting on something. You're going to be waiting on something even if you tried to get it in the natural. Amen. A lot of stuff that we ask God for, you'll never get it under your own power. It's impossible for you to receive, to have. Now, you may think you might get something that's similar to it. But you'll never get what God has because his riches are in glory. They're out of your reach until you you fulfill what he wants you to fulfill in order for him to place it in your life. And so and then when you get it, it always has his it's it's always sealed with his signet. Remember the the letters that the kings would would send? They would get hot wax and they had a ring with the impression of their logo, their, their, uh, colors, their, their family crest, whatever it was, it totally belonged to only one person and that was the king. And when, whatever it is you get from God, if you believe fully for what he wants for you, it'll have his imprint on it. It's called exceeding abundantly beyond all he could, you could ask or think. It's gonna be something added to it you'd never even asked him for. To blow your mind just to show you, uh uh-huh, I gave that to you. It's got his stamp on it. Amen? And that's what you want. You want the seal of God's approval on everything that's shipped to you. Amen? You don't want just, you know, eBay or Amazon on that package. You want exceeding abundantly beyond all you could ask or think. And so God wants to put his signet on everything, his seal on everything that we receive. Amen? You know the source. You know you've got a lifetime warranty on it. Amen. You've got more than than because it, it's going to outlive you. A lot of the stuff that God gives us, you understand. Yeah, they'll be there for to pass on to generations and generations. Amen. And so God wants us to live this way. So she heard, then she said, "You must say, God, I, I thank you that I am healed. Your word says by your stripes." 
I was healed. I am healed. I are healed. I'm healed now. And I receive it now. And and then if there's a corresponding action to it, God will show it to you. There may be several before you get totally what you need from God. We may think sometimes we can just jump up and grab stuff. And some things you can. Amen. But then some things you have to work the word into you by faith so that that word starts to drive out all symptoms, drive out all weakness, drive off out the, you know, the bad lab reports that we'll get sometimes when you go to the doctor, you know, they say this is high and that's high and all of that kind of stuff. Well, the word will drive all of that out. Because your healing can be validated even in natural tests. You understand what I'm saying? So so you want to have that healing validated as a final confirmation that God did it. Amen? And some people can go like Dodie Osteen's been healed for over 30 years now. She never went back to the doctor to get a clean a clean whatever. Sometimes your your faith in it can be so strong and your witness can be so strong. Amen. But there's nothing wrong with going back and having yourself checked out. Amen. But if God doesn't move you that way, then you don't have to. Amen. So you just allow your faith to dictate your situation. Allow your faith to tell you what to do in the prayer stage, in the carrying it to its recovery stage, in all of those stages, you let your faith tell you how this is to be done. So in, in once she did the corresponding action, the Bible says she knew within herself that she was healed. And she was ready to just walk off without being noticed by Jesus. But he had more things to tell her. He had more things to share with her. He had to set her free from shame. He had to set her free from hiding from people and thinking that she, and he had to set her free from the Levitical priesthood. So he comes through in a higher priesthood. Amen. Higher priesthood can do that. Amen. Your everyday whoever, you don't have the authority to do that. Amen. Like people go to people's meetings. If I go to another minister's meeting, I don't get up and, and start praying for people just on my own. Amen. Why? Because we're under the 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 priesthood of the, of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. And people say, well, Jesus got up and done. No, he's a higher priesthood. You ain't him. <laughs> you understand? But what he did was legal. Amen. Melchizedek had tithes paid to him by Levi. So he was under Levi. Uh, Levi was under his authority from the beginning. So this wasn't something new Jesus thought up, but he knew who he was. And he was sent by the Father in a higher priesthood, eternal priesthood. Amen. He was priest before these, you know, these synagogue people were even thought of. Got me? And so we, we have to understand these things in divine order. You know, it don't hurt you to sit down and Pay attention when you go. Everybody ain't waiting for you to come in there and prophesy to them. You understand what I'm saying? Respect people. If that was somebody's house, you wouldn't come and go through their refrigerator without asking. It's the same thing. God knows what he wants to do in that building. Praise God. And he tells the people in charge. He'll tell you. Amen. Praise God. Now, if, if, if you have a word that that person in charge, God will tell them to call on you. 
You understand what I'm saying? God ain't crazy now. He's running things. He don't need people to come off the street and start running stuff. Please. Amen. Amen. Even at Azusa Street, where people could freely pray for one another, there was divine uh, order there. You understand that Brother Seymour kept order on things. Amen. They, he was a very kind and gentle man, but he was anointed. That anointing is what keeps the order, folks. Amen. So he had to obey the Holy Ghost or the whole thing would have fallen apart very quickly. And so we, we have to stay, keep in mind of things that, that how things work and, and all of that. But God wants us to have that corresponding action to our faith. And your faith may go against some religious rules, some religious protocol. It might go against some some other people's thinkings, what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with. But but that's your faith. That's faith between you and God. But faith will never come in and disrupt things that are in divine order. Amen. You've got to understand that about God's order of things. So, So then we had the man at the pool. Amen. And we talked about the fact that his corresponding action was to get up and take up his bed and walk, not sit there waiting any longer. He'd been waiting 38 years. Amen. Uh, that's probably longer than his age at the time. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But but you know what I'm saying. He'd just be, been a long time in the situation that he was in. And so as far as Jesus was concerned, it was time for him to receive his healing. Now, it's obvious he had faith. He was exercising his faith. He said, I have no man when I get up to go down there. Somebody comes in and pushes me out of the way (laughs) down before me, whatever, whatever. And so it it's apparent that he was using what faith he had, but he was using it in the natural realm outside of the anointing don't think because you you do things and and they don't work out for you and you might do them and they don't work out for you over and over again that it's hopeless you don't know when god will show up with the power that you need to get you moving the right way amen and so we we have to understand these things that that as long as you are believing you believed you received it when you prayed it will come to pass. That part you have to believe too. You got to believe God will bring it to pass. Because many times we, we say we believe we receive it, but we're not expecting it to happen. See, if you're believing it'll come to pass, you expect it to happen. You expect God to do it. So in, in many times we don't realize how flat our faith has fallen because we don't couple it with expectation. See, when you expect it to happen, it will happen. Amen. Well, I've been expecting, continue to expect. This is the thing. You don't expect one time. You continue to expect. You don't expect to have food on your table once. Come on. You expect it three meals a day or however many many meals a day you're going to have. You expect it over and over and over again. And so, and this is really true about healing too. Healing is the children's bread. The Lord said he has healing provided for us every single day. Every day your body needs to be restored. Every day your health needs to be restored. Every day your soul needs to be restored. You need to have thoughts in your, in your brain 
that bring it to life, that bring your faith to life. Amen. You gotta, you gotta be like that. Amen. So, so we need to, to understand that there is a corresponding action to your faith. Amen. A corresponding action. In uh, Luke chapter 17, if we'll turn there, this is a new example about the the uh, ten lepers. Amen. In Luke 17, starting in verse 11, it says, It came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Okay, so they were obedient to that law of separation. The woman with the issue of blood broke the law because the Holy Spirit told her to. Amen. And so faith is above the law, right? So they didn't have the faith to come up to Jesus. They stayed where they were. And so, and you'll see in Jesus' instruction to them that he respects that. See, the Holy Spirit will not, his instructions won't violate your conscience if you've got a good conscience about things. Amen. However, Jesus is operating in, in, I, I would call it the era of the new wineskin where the old is being shed away and the new is taking its place. Amen. John the Baptist was the first first minister under the new wineskin because he told people prepare for the new one that was coming. Amen. And so John's ministry kind of was not, he wasn't under the authority of the Pharisees. You understand of the, the religious system in that day. Number one, he was a prophet. Prophets were respected as sovereign gifts of God. But they often did have to work and correspond with the system, the the priesthood system there as well. Amen. And so he never put himself under the authority of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he was talking about a new era that was coming in. So he was new wineskin. He prophesied the new wineskin that Jesus would bring that the old would 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 not mix with it. So the new had to come in and set down new foundation. Jesus' foundation was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Messiah is coming. Amen. And so this, this, this ministry, and this is why Jesus' ministry came into conflict so many times with the religious system there. Because he was preaching the kingdom is near you. What you've been waiting for is here now. And it is doing away with the old so the new will replace it. We have that going on in, in our church. You know, you can go with some churches and it's like these people have revelation is a hundred years old. They don't even understand that believers can go pray for people. They don't understand that we will pray in new tongues. Amen. And, and all of the protection, but they just want to keep the old going. And so they're like, 15 revelations behind the new revelation God is trying to pull in. God is trying to bring the the word of faith movement to life with prophetic utterances. And people who like word of faith won't let it happen. 
They're going to keep people bound up, just being taught the word over and over, confess the word, believe the word. I believe I receive it. When is it going to pop? That's that's what the prophet is saying. When is it going to pop? Huh? When are you going to let it come to life for real? Amen. And you see some people who are doing that. They are 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 uh, putting life to God's word and anticipating it manifest right now. Amen. They won't settle for later on or out in the future. They want it right now. And they keep pressing for the right now and they get the right now anointing. Amen. But it's being fought by the, you know, winting people and believe you receive. Nothing wrong with that. You understand what I'm saying? You got to get that word in you, but understand there is a stronger anointing that is coming that will visit on people continually. To where you can go into these places where there's prayer and there's healing going on 24-7. And you can come in on a stretcher and walk out healed. And that's going to be the norm. And believers will help. They won't wear out some poor man or woman of God. Amen. Because we know that's what happens. All of them tell you the same thing. Oral Roberts had permanent damage to his shoulder from praying, laying hands on everybody. Now he eventually got a group of, of, of people that he found that he could release anointing to them, you know, in his rooms where he would have, you know, the sickest people they would bring to a separate tent or a separate area to pray for them and give them time to spend with those people. Amen. And so he eventually got got that that he could do that amen well his son richard watched his dad wear himself out that's why he ran he didn't want that to be his life it wasn't that he didn't love god it wasn't that he didn't honor what his dad did but he was so afraid for himself and what that would do for him because he could he could see the downside as well as the good side i guess the downside dominated for a while until um i think it was vicky Vicki Jameson, I think was her name. She's a prophetess out in Tulsa. And uh, people honored her as that. Um, Richard didn't think she was legit until she prophesied to him. And she told him, she said, God is, has heard your prayer. And he's going, he, she said, you, you don't want to do the healing ministry like your father and God knows it. Well, he's devised a way for you to do it where you won't wear yourself out. She said, he's going to give you words of knowledge for people so that when that word is activated by your voice, people will receive what they need from God without having to go through all that. And that has taken him so many places. He's he's um, he's in his early 70s now and he's still going strong. He's when that anointing comes on him, he's like a very young man still. Amen. And he's able to now, by closed-circuit television, he's able to train pastors in foreign countries, groves of them, you know, receiving uh, the anointing and teaching and understanding. So God sees what what we do, and he knows our limitations. Amen? Now, we don't fault the people that carried that anointing as far as they could because they did what they knew to do. You're not going to stop preaching because your arm's sore. You know, you're going to pray about your arm and keep going. Amen. And so these are things where God sees it and he's made provision for it. Amen. When we need provision for it. And so this is a good thing about 
about how God does things. But Jesus could see that these men were respecting the Levitical law that said, if you're unclean, you keep a, a distance. It's social distancing. Amen. You keep a distance from people. And and they began to holler at him. But see, distance doesn't mean you can't get healed. Amen. Because here they see, they know the old priesthood. You had to you had to be disease free and then go to show yourself to the priests to be clear, to have all of this taken off your life. And so they didn't have that. But they had faith. And they had heard about Jesus. And faith rose up in them. Maybe this man can heal us and we don't have to wait until we're healed already. Go to the priest and show that we're healed. Maybe he can help us. And so they keep their distance. They stay at that distance. And Jesus does not violate their faith. To me, it's amazing how gracious God is. He doesn't throw you into turmoil in order for you to get what you need. He'll work with you, with your understanding, with your limitations. He'll work with you, period. Amen. He'll work with you 100%. And so this is what we need to know, believe, and understand about God. He will do what he says he's going to do. And he'll find a way to do it. Faith always finds a way. See? Faith is came before the law. So faith really set up the law. Amen. And so whenever faith comes into play, whatever the law says, it cannot override faith. Faith is eternal. The law really is there to teach people right from wrong. You understand what I'm saying? It, 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 we knew we couldn't obey it when God started, started writing them 10 things out. That's why Moses dropped them when he got to the Bible. <laughs> he broke them all. Before he even got to show them to the people. Amen. So it's a lawbreaker's set of commandments. Because you all look at it and say, I'll never do that. When the minute you might do okay on some of them, but when it says don't covet, how are you going to keep stuff from getting in your heart that you want? Toughy. Amen. So, but you know, you just have to, have to do what you, what you have to do, folks. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. You know, for them perfect people, I guess they don't covet things, but you know, sometimes every time, why well, you think people look at television? Then you stop looking at television, then you gotta go buy something you just saw. It's called coveting. Amen. You didn't no more pray for that and ask God to bring it to you. You got right on that phone and start getting that stuff. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, but the, you know, God wants us to stay away from our neighbor's things that, that will put you up for theft in, in bed. See, when it said don't covet your neighbor's things, those are within easy reach for you to take. And, and when you live around people who want things that you have, it makes the atmosphere tense and uncomfortable for you. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And that's what God, He's interested in harmony, peace. Family harmony. Amen. So he tells people, instead of desiring what your neighbor has, ask me for yours. I got some for you. You know, you don't have to do that. You already got it. And so his see, faith is always the better way. Amen. It's always the superior way. And so it says, he, these lepers, and they stood afar off, 
and they lifted up their voices. So they're screaming at Jesus. They're saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. That Master or Son of David, have mercy on us. That's typically what how Jewish people address Jesus when he came. They believed he was the Messiah. They believed he was the one that God has sent. Amen. And so they, you're the one we're looking for. You're the one who's supposed to come and fix everything for us. So we're, we're wanting you to, to have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, where, where they did have to do something that they wouldn't normally do was going showing before they decided they were clean enough to go. So that's where their faith picks up and the corresponding action picks up and takes over. So the law left them after Jesus paid notice to them. Look at it now. Look at what it says. They stood afar off. So that's the law. They can't go anywhere until they're cleansed. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he saw them. He recognized their faith. So now faith is taking over, so the law leaves as the dominant thing in their lives. See, they're crossing over from the old covenant to the new. They're leaving the wine, old wineskin, and they're stepping into the new wineskin. It's a new wineskin is where faith dominates, and the law is done away with. So they can comfortably receive what he says and obey him, even though they've been obeying the law that says you can't go anywhere until your skin's clean. Y'all getting this or am I just talking to myself? Okay, all right. So you will see this over and over again when Jesus ministers. The law leaves these people. The people who get healed on the Sabbath, they knew the Pharisees were looking and they didn't like it, but they obeyed Jesus anyway. They weren't doing it in defiance. They were doing it in faith. That's how they got what they got. Amen. And so there is a place where Jesus crosses people over from one covenant to the next in order to get what they need. It says, as they, as it, and it came to pass that as they did the corresponding action, as they went, they were cleansed. So that's when their skin got nice. You know, it wasn't patchy and broken out and all that kind of stuff that you get with leprosy. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They're still in a bit of legalism. Amen. They still haven't quite caught on to the new wineskin, to the new covenant, to the liberty that's, that has set them free in the new covenant. Amen. They'll probably come, come along at a later time. Amen. 
But this this man is thanking Jesus for it because number one, Jesus proves he is who he is. He's come to give them the kingdom. And this man realizes that there's been a change in him already and he's free now in that that healing that he just in that deposit of the kingdom. He gets free enough to go back and thank the one who brought it to him instead of waiting to deal with the priest when he gets over, you know, to where the priests are. And so it's a, 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 a good thing that God is showing the transition, a seamless transition from the old covenant to the new covenant that's ruled by faith and that's ruled by mercy because the blood of Jesus has paid for everything that we get out of this new covenant. Jesus is the one responsible for it, and this Samaritan knows it. Amen. He knows the priest isn't going to do anything for him that Jesus hasn't already done. Amen. So he gives honor where honor's due. Uh, it's, it's known that this man understood that God did it, and the system didn't do it. Amen. So this system that's being done away with as Jesus ministers is is an old system where there's no power to do anything for the people anymore. Amen. Uh the 10 commandments are written in our heart. Amen. And we're not on trial to see if we obey them or not. We we're we're being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we don't have to go make an offering and a sacrifice every time we break one. Now we do have to confess it before God and ask forgiveness. Amen. And that's always true. But we ask forgiveness based on the one-time sacrifice of Jesus. It's it's renewable. Every time we break it, we can get back in this covenant again without going to the priest and having to make an offering and a sacrifice. It's a much better covenant. God wants us to keep going. He is not interested in you stopping because you did something wrong. He wants you to keep going. Amen. Do stuff right and keep going. Amen. Repent and keep going. It's a good thing. Amen. It's always a good thing. And so uh, the, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. They obeyed that. And as they went, they were healed. The minute they stepped that first foot of obedience, they didn't even have to wait to get to the priest for the healing to manifest. Amen. It manifested before, which is what the law required anyway. See, the law is still obeyed even under the faith and the, the grace of, of, of the new covenant. The old law is still maintained, you know, to a degree, the important parts of it. So they were to be healed before they got to the priest, and they were. Amen. So the priest could pronounce them as healed. Nine of them continued to get there. One of them noticed. He looked at himself. He examined himself. Amen. There's no harm in examining yourself. If you've had a pain in your shoulder, you've been praying for, for then rebuking that pain and thanking God that you're healed. There's no, you go, you check it, you roll it around a little bit, you throw your arm up and you see it's validation. Amen. It's, it's evidence. It's, it's confirmation that God's word works. Amen. Sometimes we're, we think we're bombarded with, 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 um, you know, troubles. You know, you believe in God for this thing to get corrected and then something else shows up and, 
And God will correct that. You understand me? Sometimes these little things come up because your faith can easily tackle them. And God encourages you for the big thing because something small jumped on you and you were able to handle it okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, there's nothing that happens in us that's really out of order. You got me? It's like, you know, say for instance, if you, you're believing God to get off blood pressure medicine. And, and you want to be free of that. And, and, but you, you feel good. You're, you're saying you're healed and so forth and so on. In the meantime, you get a really bad headache. And you find that you gotta use your faith in a hurry to get rid of that thing. Well, God allows these things to happen so we can keep using our faith. I know it sounds a little convoluted, but you're gonna get them pains anyway. You understand what I'm saying? They come anyhow. You you can't walk in a show me what causes a headache and and you can avoid it and not get one. We don't have the answer to that. But we do have the word to handle when the devil attacks us. Amen. And that's what God wants us to do. So these little small like he's not overwhelming you with with on top of your your blood pressure now you got cancer and now you got heart disease he's not overwhelming you with those things but you can have there will be small things that will come and you say oh yeah i can tackle this with my faith i'm gonna speak to this and make it go and you do that and then your faith is revived for the longer stretch that you might have to go through to deal with this medication thing you know sometimes when we're we're believing God for health and healing. We get to a place where we feel pretty good. You kind of forget to keep thanking him for getting rid of this thing for you. I know I do. That's a common thing that happens to me. And I'll think to myself, oh, man, Lord, I haven't thanked you for getting rid of these pills yet. So I decided I would talk to him when I have to take them. And then I quit talking to him. I started just staring at him and take him. I said, wait a minute now. <laughs> God is a good thing you keep up with this and I don't have to but but sometimes you do need to refresh yourself on the things that you still believe in God for even though you're not pressured you're not in pain you're not distraught you're not you understand what I'm saying you just need to have it completed that's all and so other things will come up and they allow you to use your faith amen for you not for praying for other people, but for you, for something that's where your faith will dwell in you and start to blossom and, and strengthen for your situation. Amen. And so it's good to, to, to understand that. And, and the first thing the enemy will tell you is you going backwards. You know, now you got this wrong with you. What's wrong with you? You falling apart. You understand? That's really not true. Sometimes these things break through on us. And then because God knows we'll easily handle them, you know, the faith that we have uh, just in our normal voice will handle a headache or will handle a, a pain in your your ankle or will handle something new that toothache or something like that that comes up that you can easily handle it with your confession. And so it it all works together for your good. It all works together for your eventual healing. Amen. In Matthew 12, if you'll turn there, you see the man with the the withered hand. Amen. And here's another one of these situations. It's a pressure situation because he's in the synagogue. So we're seeing 
the old wineskin and the new wineskin. And you can't mix the two of them. you got to have one or the other. Amen. So the old wineskin system is that you come in and, and you've been like this for a while, this man. In Matthew 12 and verse 10. I think it is. When he departed thence, he went to the synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on Sabbath days that they might accuse him? Now, this is what you got to understand about religion. See, people don't like to believe this stuff. But I believe the Bible. Amen. I, I don't believe... All these nice people in here, they will see you in the grave before they will let you get outside of their control. See? And so this is true. It just is. And so they ask Jesus, they're holding this man up like he's a toy. Like he's a joke. See this hand? Is it lawful for you to do something for this man on the Sabbath day? Let's just mean. Huh? It's from hell. And that's where religion comes from. Amen. And so they wanted something. They want evidence against Jesus. Using a healing. Something that's so precious. As having your body restored. As a way to accuse him. And he says. What man is there among you. That will have a sheep. And it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day. Would he not lay hold on it. And lift it out. How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do good on Sabbath days. Then he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it forth and it was restored whole like as the other. And the Pharisees went out and had a meeting against Jesus. How they might destroy him. Amen. You're anointed. You get in the wrong place. They go have meetings about you too. Do you understand? This is true. You got to be up to the fight, <laughs> or you will be <laughs> cast out and cast down. Amen. And it happens more often than we want to think it does. See, you're in a sheltered environment here. God is welcome here. His power is welcome here. I wish more of you would do all of the ministry of Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody's coveting anything around here. But many people believe it that if it doesn't come through them, it's not allowed. It's not right. It's never right. And so this man's hand was restored whole, just like the other one. He had two matches. Amen. He didn't have one strong and the other one weak. He had two matches. Amen. So the Pharisees couldn't do anything to stop it. Why couldn't they do anything to stop it? Because the anointing controls even religious opposition. Now you don't want too much of it around you. If you, you get up to do something in a place where God hasn't sent you, the religion will win. They'll put you out of there. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you're not going to be able to go around there and set people free and they don't have no control over it. And they don't understand it. See, darkness can't comprehend the light or overtake it or stop it when the light is in control. But they can control you as somebody who's there under their authority. 
Amen. You need to go find out what God wants, where God wants you to be, number one. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're in the wrong place. They don't want you there. They'll smile at you and grin at you. They'll even ordain you and make you a, a officer there. Trying to manipulate you. That's what the devil does. He thinks he can manipulate. You look at what he, he did that to Jesus in the wilderness. He thought he could manipulate him into throwing himself off a cliff. So the devil's crazy like that. And, and it works on a lot of people. See, a lot of people, they, I've seen people over the years go to a, 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 I remember when we first started, Charles and Francis Hunter. You remember them, uh, Jan, the Happy Hunters? They, they would, would, uh, come in and teach, it was a believer's ministry. And they would teach believers how to, number one, get people filled with the, the Holy Spirit. How to get them praying in tongues. And they had a healing ministry too. Amen. And so it was a healing, it was a believers, Mark 16, 17 through 18 for believers. And, and they, they, they got a lot of people where you would see these people. This, this was common that I heard people say, well, God told me to go back to, to my own church and be a light to them. That devil put that light out so quick. You understand what I'm saying? Cause the devil told you that to go back somewhere and be like, what did Jesus tell that young man when he, when he opened his eyes? That's symbolic of us getting our eyes open to the things of God. Once God opens your eyes to the supernatural, he said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing happen to you. Your sin is coming back to this dead place that couldn't help you. Oh, don't be so mean. You're going to have to be mean. You're going to have to mean it if you're going to keep your healing. And I don't mind being mean to devils. I really don't. You be nice to somebody that wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. Invite him to go home with you. Give me a break. No, I'd, I'd stop him at the door. <laughs> In fact, I don't let him on my street. <laughs> Amen. You just have to do things like that. You live pure for God. And you have authority over him. You sit up and wait for him to come. And then you try to figure out what he's doing. You know what he's doing. So here this man has a withered hand and they toy with him in God's house. It's a wonder Jesus didn't get up and punch everybody out. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe I still have a little too much flesh, but you know, it makes you, makes you mad. They don't respect holy things. He knew they wouldn't, but he wanted that man free. Amen. So the, the anointing takes over. Amen. The anointing will take over <laughs> many times just because that's what God does. You know, people will let you, you know, is, is people will get excited. Well, I was, I was in so-and-so's church and I prophesied to somebody. I said, well, that's going to stop. Well, how come God let me, or, or I prayed for somebody and the, the preacher told me to stop, or I tried to process No, they told you to stop because of protocol. But if God comes on you to do something, it's because the anointing took over even though you were out of order. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because somebody's there with a need. You promised somebody a word. 
So God's going to help you keep your word to them, but that don't mean you're in order. See, this is where people, people go out and do things with the least amount of understanding. See, if you stay put and get understanding and you understand how God's order operates, you won't do things like that and you won't be mistaken. I know people go from meeting to meeting to meeting thinking God sent them there because they have a word for people when they get there. Well, one day it's going to dry up. One day God's going to put a stop to it and tell you, you're out of order. I didn't send you here to do that. Just because I honored what you were trying to do. And sometimes his presence is present in the room and it's not on you. And you don't know who it's on. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God honors what he tells these people who do these meetings to do. And if it doesn't include you coming in there and taking over, then it's not for you to do that. You don't have a higher priest. There's no higher priesthood down here. We all got to work together. We all all work under Jesus, the head of the church. Amen. What do you think those people do for words while you ain't coming there? Then why don't you have your own meeting? If you're so anointed, you find what God wants you to do with your power. If it's yours. Many times people find out they don't have what they thought they had. You know, keep trying to do it and God doesn't approve of it. He'll Jank your collar. You'll be sitting there trying to find a word and get very confused. She won't live like that, folks. There's there's rules to everything. Amen. So so the man with the withered hand, faith took over. The anointing took over, and Jesus healed him. He stretched forth his hand, and it was whole, just like the other one was. So the fact that there was dissension among the ranks. Did not cause that man to get less of a healing than God wanted him to have. God will heal you. He doesn't care who don't like it. He'll heal you. He doesn't care who complains about it. Amen. You you can get your healing. Many people in, in dead churches get their healings through prayer. Or they get them someplace else. Now it's best to go where where that anointing is to keep you strong. Where you have word to support that. That just makes sense. Amen. You've been given something new. Go somewhere where you can protect it. Amen. And Jesus was, you know, he had to leave there in a hurry, of course. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, <clears throat> it's just, that's just his way. Amen. Jesus always obeyed the father. The father wants his children well. Amen. Above all things, God wanted that man healed. More than he wanted the Pharisees embarrassed. Amen. So the point was never to embarrass the religious system. If that's in your heart, get it out. Amen. Because you're not here to show anybody up. You're not here to tell any, teach anybody anything and all the ministers and the pastor gonna listen to you. That's not God's system. He'll, he'll have them submit to somebody with spiritual authority over the office that they stand in. Sheep don't ever tell the shepherd how to take care of them. Got me? It's not your job. You got enough to do. Go out, go out, go lay hands on some of them crackheads you pass every time you come to church. Ask God to give you confidence and boldness. See, it's easy to be bold when you're under somebody else's shelter. Amen? 
as long as you buying the groceries and 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 uh, supplying the 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 electricity and the gas and stuff, I can cook up a storm in your house. But when I got to get my own house and buy my own groceries, we got a problem. Do you understand me? We have to, we're a little bit short on things. So so learn how to to work in your realm where where God has you. Just be obedient to where He has you. But believers. Are their your ministry is not to the shepherded sheep. Your ministry is to those who have not heard. First of all, is first to the lost, always to the lost first, and those who are. And you're supposed to be getting them saved so they can come into the kingdom, into the shelter of the house of God. So just keep everything in order. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop, Father? We thank you for understanding, and we thank you, Lord, for blessing us. With the ability, the knowledge, and the understanding of how things operate in your kingdom, Lord. We want to know the things that pertain to life, the things that pertain to godliness, the things that pertain to health and healing. So we thank you for that, Lord. And we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name.